I don't want to ruin this random fantasy that you have for no reason because there isn't a lot of proof of that unless there's, you know, a bunch of pornos that you're watching run by men. So, I mean, that's the only thing. Run by men? What? There is female representation in the director's chair of the adult film industry. Not in the films you are talking about. Whatever. Hey, welcome to the OKC82 podcast, everybody. We're not in the franchise studio because Oklahoma is playing Texas Tech right now on the radio machine, which actually I want to look that score up because that that is way more competitive than what we are about to talk about. As I hit the Google machine, it appears Texas Tech is leading Oklahoma 44-40 to with just under six minutes to go. In the game, Boomer Sooner, but, oh my God. Oh my God. The Thunder lose 136-106 oh to 106 to the now six-game winning streak Houston Rockets. In Oklahoma City, Brady Trantham here alongside Christine Butterfield, who uh, hey, hi, we, hello. we were just at the arena about 20, 30 minutes ago. And uh, Christine... This was one of those games where we could have left after the first quarter, not gotten into any individual player statistics, not gotten into like any individual storylines, and just whatever we thought after the first quarter where the Rockets scored 48 points and led 48 to 24 heading into the second quarter, uh, whatever we thought at the end of that first, um, we could have just said everything, recorded the podcast, and it would have been the same thing that we're going to be saying now. Like, this game was over in the first five minutes. Yeah, we could have just said, insert final score here, but this is exactly how it happened. Like, if you hang half a hundred on a team in the first quarter, there's no way you're coming back from that. Like, especially for the Oklahoma City Thunder, with how inconsistent their shooting is when you only have SGA who really averages 20 points a game and you have players that don't seem to be able to contribute as quickly as I think the Thunder would like it's kind of impossible for them to be able to make a run back and we've seen problems like this for the past few weeks where they seem to let the first quarter kind of get ahead of them and they aren't locked in offensively or defensively and then they try to make it back in the rest of the game but since they had dug such a big hole for themselves they're unable to get out of it that's exactly what you saw with the Houston Rockets I thought this game was going to be more competitive considering the fact that their uh, records were very similar and I thought that this was a manageable team for the Thunder if they were um, if they were frankly just better in the first quarter but after the Houston Rockets just could not miss it seemed like you said Brady like there was no coming back from that I mean there was a point it was um there was one minute and 44 seconds left in the first quarter where the Rockets and the Thunder had the same amount of shot attempts yeah they both had 20 and the Thunder had only made eight of those 20 and the Rockets made 14 which is practically twice as many as the Thunder did so that's a lot and I mean nine of those makes for the Rockets were threes (laughs) like (laughs) like it's just it's just that's gonna happen you know like there was no stopping it at that point yeah there is a trend starting up with this uh oklahoma city thunder team that started off the season you know like oh my gosh look how fun they are and look how hard they play and hey they're much better than we gave them credit for they have a few more wins than we thought they beat the pelicans they beat the magic they beat the knicks and who doesn't beat the knicks because the knicks are really good oh wait this is 2021 this is not the 70s um but 
as the season has worn along, there is just this growing trend with the Thunder where they're at 8-11, and 11, which is by no means an awful record, especially with the expectations we had for Oklahoma City going into the season. 8-11 and 11 is, is fine. Now, if you're a Thunder fan who wants to have fewer wins, like you're probably a little bit uneasy. But trust me, the losses are on the way because of those 11 losses, Christine, I think only two of them have been within 10 points. And I, I will throw out one of those games. I think the Magic in Oklahoma City, they ended up winning by 14. But in the final two minutes, that was a game that Oklahoma City had every chance of winning the final two or three minutes. And Oklahoma City had some turnovers. I think SGA had some turnovers. And then the Magic just kind of free free throwed them to death. And the lead expanded to what it ended up being. But the result remains the same. 11 losses, two of two of which uh, were within 10 points, the rest of them obviously being more. And then the last two games, you know, a 22-point loss to Brooklyn, 30-point loss tonight. Um, and even, like, some of the, the good things about this game, like, they get outscored 48-24 to 24 in the first quarter. And typically when something like that happens – more times than not, I feel like I'll come on this podcast or on the post game show and say things like, well, the Thunder outscored them the rest of the way. You know, so like there's your moral victory of the night. Oklahoma City was still outscored. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were outscored 88 to 82, albeit it was fairly tight. So you can chalk it up to Houston shot the ball way, way, way out of their minds. They shot like 56% or whatever from the floor, and they were just incredible. Uh, but at the same time, this is a growing trend with this team. And one more thing, because I wanted to add, uh, that 48-point first quarter, awful. Uh, the Nets the other night had a 40-point second quarter. In the last few weeks, the Thunder have given up a 36-point quarter to the Clippers, two 35-point quarters, quarters to the um, to the L.A. Lakers. And, Christine, it's just whatever good mojo, whatever However many wins you can accrue as a as an NBA team just based off of hustle and the corny things about basketball and then maybe a little bit of your opponent not respecting you or taking you as seriously as they would take other opponents. I feel like that that's kind of hit its ceiling now and, and this is what we're going to see a little bit more out of the Thunder. Not saying that they're going to lose every game by 30 points, but that they are going to lose games and they're not going to be as competitive as these first 15 to 16 games have been relatively speaking. Yeah, I think what we're going to see from the Thunder in the in terms of them losing is just what we've seen in the past couple of games where if they do not remain competitive in the first quarter, they're going to lose the game because we've seen them give these big def- deficits, like you said, in the Brooklyn game in the second quarter. Usually they'll give out a big deficit like tonight. They gave out 24 24- a 24 point deficit in the first quarter and they are unable to get back into it as I mean no matter how hard they try no matter how many shots they try to make and no matter how much better they get on defense it just isn't possible and I'm not saying that this Thunder team isn't good like when they are able to shoot effectively and they are competitive and they rely on their chemistry they can be and they believe in each other and they hustle really hard and they have like a lot of energy they can do it they take their vitamins and say their prayers yeah (laughs) something like that uh when when they do things like that they are a pretty strong team however that's not anything near as consistent as it should be with the thunder so when you get into games like this where they have such a huge deficit in the first quarter 
they just can't make up for lost time at that point. And I wanted to ask you this, Brady, because we've been seeing this now for a couple of weeks and now it's becoming a trend. And it's not like we're really looking at this season of wins and losses, but how long do you think it's going to take for something like this to build up and kind of start to take its toll on this Thunder team? Yeah, that's that's a really good question just because that's something that one of two things could have happened this season. I, I guess technically one of three things could happen. The third thing being this team randomly just wins a ton of games because all these guys have made leaps that we mm-hmm. just did not project, you know, kind of similar to what we saw last year where we didn't have expectations for that team at all. And they randomly just won a bunch of games. And albeit when you look at the roster, it's like, Oh, okay. They're actually kind of talented. So every situation is a little bit different, but I guess that technically is a possibility, but that is of course not going to happen. So the other two possibilities were they're going to win their fair share, lose the majority of them. And hopefully they're all competitive for the most part so that the team stays engaged or They'll win their fair share, lose the majority of them, but the majority of those losses are basically like tonight. And whether it's a 30-point loss, a 20-point loss, or a 15-point loss, um, that can take its toll mentally for players, especially young guys that are trying to make their way um, in the in the league. And you can even look at it something like a Darius Baisley, who we've talked about on the post-game show for the last, I guess, month or so, Christine, right. where... Um, we started to notice the trend of, okay, he's had five, six, seven bad games in a row, and now on the eighth and ninth game where he takes that first three-pointer and he misses it, hangs his head. You know, the body language looks noticeably a little more negative than he we typically see of Darius Baisley because he's a high IQ guy. He mm-hmm. doesn't – he understands, like, what's at stake for mm-hmm. a young player. He understands, well, I missed that shot. I'll, I'll get him next time. But it started to take its toll, and so you just hope that that doesn't – kind of eke its way into the entire team because you don't want SGA, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, all these guys, whoever is going to be here for the foreseeable future, you don't want them to just become apathetic with playing a sport. You don't want them to just, yeah. Uh, I mean, I hope we win, but if we don't, then I'm still getting paid. You don't, you, you don't want this to be a 76er situation. And I say that knowing full well that the Sixers are a, technically a title contender. I don't think that highly of them, but they've got Joel Embiid. They've got Ben Simmons. They've got all this talent. And I guess it's as a result of all the tanking. But um, I've said it a zillion times on this podcast, so I'm sorry I'm repeating myself, but talking to Nerlens Noel for two seasons, he did not like at all. He did not like going into a situation every night where he had, where he knew he was going to lose and he knew no one cared about it uh, in terms of the people higher up than him. And this is a guy coming from Philly with Nerlens where he didn't have the best reputation. He was kind of viewed as a, eh, he doesn't, he's just going to smoke and do his thing and show up late here and there and whatever. Mm-hmm. No, he was a guy who still cared. Like that guy, that personality still cared. And as we've seen with Nerlens coming to Oklahoma City and then uh, now at the Knicks, I mean, he has become a solid player that people think highly of. So you don't want that to creep into the mindset of the team. I don't think it would just because... I don't S- believe it would. SGA smart, Lou Dort smart, uh, Darius Baisley smart, Mark Dagnall uh, appears to be a good coach, and I know to be very smart. Leadership is strong. Uh, you just hope that that basic human desire of I just want to fucking win, <laughs> and I'm tired of fucking losing by so many points. You just hope that that doesn't creep in and give you some long lasting effects. Yeah, you know when it comes to Shea Gilgis Alexander and. Lou Dort especially I think that their strive to win is something that will never really go away 
And I, and I think that that attributes a lot for SGA knowing that he is the main leader for the team. So I don't think it would even be an option for him. Whereas Lou Dort, I feel like he comes from a slightly different angle of still wanting to prove why he's in the NBA. Like everyone was surprised by him last season and he was trying to get that contract. So he was obviously doing everything in his power to make it into the league. I think this year he still feels like he has a lot to prove as to why he's still a big contender with this Thunder team. Um, And I think that you see that attitude throughout the entire team. Now, Darius Baisley, I think he can kind of, like you've alluded to, Brady, seem a little bit moody at times when he plays. Especially. He's been moody. He's been moody with the uh, media. So it, it, like, <laughs> I wasn't gonna refer back to that. It's but. not simply as a result of what we've seen on the floor, but you know, you, you take little observations of what you you know no, are able to yeah. see, and you try to guess. Like I'm guessing here, but um, what's his birthday? Is he the Pisces? It wouldn't surprise me. I uh, I don't believe in astrology. Is it astrology? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the many tools of the devil, Christine. I mm, wow. Uh, I don't really believe in it, but I I think it's like but an I easy do. excuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like easy to be like, oh well, like they aren't this sign. Well, what so are you? Yeah, you're a, you're a February baby. I am. It's your, actually my birthday, birthday tomorrow. Your birthday is tomorrow. I was just about to say, happy birthday, Christine. What are Thanks. you? Twenty years old. I'm 23. Oh, okay. Well, happy so. happy early birthday. I, Thanks, pal. I uh, mean, people will be hearing it on my birthday. I'll be honest. I thought it was the fourth. That's why I wasn't like, I, that's why I didn't even <laughs> say happy birthday to you at all right now. No, so, you're good. So, uh, no, I forget people's birthdays all the time. I feel like that's a normal thing. I was about to say like, well, I'm not supposed to know your birthday anyway, because we're not married. But you know, like if I'm married to somebody, I'm probably going to forget their birthday too. So yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like two months out. I'll remember someone I'm dating is it's their birthday. And I'm like, oh, do you know when my birthday is? It's the summertime. I know because you had no. a birthday. Yes, it is. It's not in the summer. <laughs> wait, am I wrong? Yes, you're oh wrong. Oh my God. Wait, wait. No, no, no. It's in September, isn't it? No. It, well, you're closer. October. It's in October. <laughs> okay. Which is fall. I just knew I just knew it wasn't in a... I knew it was a time that I wasn't back in Oklahoma City yet because you all got to hang out without me and I got really bad FOMO. Yeah, it's October 8th and the significance of that wow. date, other than my birthday, is every That's five weird. years, it's the day of OU Texas. What a great birthday weekend. Well... I mean, if they win. Potentially, yes. Yeah. Like the night before is amazing every five years. Uh, but the, the day, day of, of can be either an amazing birthday or it can be like, I just want to go the fuck home. Tough. Don't talk to me. <laughs> That's tough. So. I mean. That's T-U-F-F. T-U-P-H. Uh, anyway, back to Darius Baisley. He is a moody MF. You know what I mean? Like when he, we've said this before, but when he misses his first shot, it stays with him far too long. And even tonight, I saw his first take was a drive from behind the arc to the elbow. And he looked so self-conscious dribbling that ball. I mean, you could tell that there was no intention behind his action at all. He did yeah. not know where he was going. He did not have a plan. He didn't see where the defense was lined up and see a gap that he wanted to hit. Or he didn't see a place where he knew he could hit a shot. He just dribbled in and said oh wait no I, I can't do this because I wasn't looking at where I was going and now I hope there's someone oh great there's someone out I can kick it to yay yeah that's exactly what it looks like and for for someone like Darius he needs to be able to have a lot more confidence when he's dribbling the ball especially when you expect him to be playing in this four to five um area where he should be 
very confident down low and very confident in the paint. But the second he got there, he was like, nah, I'm good. And that was his first take of the game. And it's not like that's what he looks like all the time. But when that's your first opportunity to score and you don't even have a like a strategy of how to get an easy bucket in for yourself to get your confidence up when you know that you're already moody and you already take too much time thinking about the one shot that you'd already missed. I think that's a bad, I think that's poor decision-making on Darius Baisley's part. Well, I mean, there's one point in the third quarter and, and look, we're saying this, at least I am uh, knowing full well, this is probably his best game in a month. I mean, which is, which (laughs) I also wanted to ask you about because I feel like, this loss was so now, tragic. It's it's his best game in a month on like on paper. He had 15 points, six of 13 from the floor. Yeah. Uh, took four three pointers, only made one. So I guess like hey, he didn't keep shooting them because it, it appeared to not be his night from deep. Um, other than that, had six rebounds, which is always a good thing. I like to see him in the six to eight range. Of course, I think mm-hmm. he does have double double potential. Uh, not just long term, but he could probably do it this this season, uh, especially if Al Horford gets dealt at some point. Um, I say that knowing full well, this is one of his better games in a month on paper. I don't know how pe- how much people are going to take it home with them because it was a blowout and gobbling up points or gobbling up numbers, even if they're efficient in blowouts. You know who cares? You know there's not that much pressure there in that situation. Um, and to like thunder people that I know listen to this podcast, when we say that he's moody, like I have every full understanding that I'm sure he's a wonderful person to his teammates, to his coaches, to people around the building. Oh yeah. I'm not not really talking about his character. Yeah. Like it's just a noticeable thing that's been, um, it's been observed. It's been cataloged, it's been journalized, you know, since, uh, going back to training camp. And when he strings along a lot of these bad games and then you see him act the way that he does, which is not by any means like out of place. It's not. uh, We're not talking about like, it's not dramatic. It's not dramatic. It's just tiny little things. I see it a lot with Brady Manic. It's much more, it's much more paramount with Brady Manic. I know you basketball when he Mm -hmm. misses shots, he acts like sometimes a little kid who just got told he can't get a toy for uh, his birthday. It's uh, and it affects the rest he, of his game. It's it feels like he's pouting almost. Yes. So I understand he is an awesome human being, just like I was told for a long time <laughs> that other players were awesome human beings. Now, did you see that? Uh, this is about Darius Baisley. Before we move on, it's kind of random, but do you see that new line by New Balance where there's like these paid internship T-shirts? <laughs> That they have Darius Baisley wearing, obviously. I mean, I, w- I would wear one. I think it's funny. I wish I was a paid intern. Well, <laughs> me too. Sometimes Jerry I ca- Ramsey. Um, so- sometimes I essentially feel like one me. at this point. I mean, everybody's <laughs> essentially a paid intern during COVID. If you're working from home, primarily, True. it's like. True. If you're doing if you're doing work in your underwear and a button-up shirt or a polo, then you're a paid intern. <laughs> You're not wrong. With all due respect. With all due respect. Um, other than that, SGA tweaked his ankle, looked like, came back. You know, I think I d- he took it easy at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, he attacked the rim a couple times. I appreciate a player wanting to not quit and uh, like, I don't care. I don't care if I'm a little banged up, but uh, I think the Thunder staff and training staff needs to have a little bit of a better 
Oh, like the important thing is the future. Don't don't screw it up. Mm-hmm. Don't have any lingering issues. Especially when, it, let's be real, the game is already over. Like, why are you going to risk your token player to just, you know, make the loss a little bit less sad yeah. looking? You know what I mean? I just don't. I just don't think that they were looking at the big picture. But I'm sure that uh, SGA was like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good." Are you sad that you're not going to see Alexi uh, Pokushevsky playing for the Thunder for how many minutes? He played 20 minutes tonight. You're going to be sad not see him in a Thunder uniform for the foreseeable future as he goes down to the G League. Oh, you're going to have to wipe up all my tears, Brady. My question is, who's going to gobble up those minutes? I know. I've been thinking about this too. I don't know if it's going to be Moses Brown, but he wasn't that impressive to I mean, me does, the does five I, minutes he was in tonight. Does Isaiah Roby play more? Because Isaiah Roby so. only plays more than, you know, 16 minutes if Al Horford is out. Yeah, but he's uh, he's the first, quote, big man in for the Thunder these days. Yeah. So I think he plays more. I mean, and I think that they'll probably put in Kendrick Williams. Kendrick, played, I was going to say Kendrick Williams a little bit sooner. He played 20 minutes tonight. Yeah, he didn't look too shabby. Justin usually, Jackson had uh, 10 points in 10 on. minutes. He's still going to be my tank commander. <laughs> is he really? Even well, though no, the entire he's team a net is, of zero. The, well, is that the highest of the team? That has to be the highest of the team. It is actually. It is <laughs> Justin Jackson's <laughs> net zero. <sighs> Is the highest plus minus on the team. I mean, SGA was a minus 31. Oh <laughs> Darius Baisley, minus 19. 19. Lou Dort, minus 19. Teo Maldon, a respectable minus 11. Hamadou Diallo, minus 14. I need to rant about Hamadou Diallo. Can I do it real quick? And you're going to do this when he scored 15 points in 15 minutes and was 6 to 7, but yes. had three fouls in the first quarter. <laughs> Stupid. Are you kidding me? And two of them were just completely yeah, off fa- of poor decisions because two of them were fouls from right behind the arc when the player had already shot, and he was like, nah, I'm still going to touch you, which is one of the most detrimental fouls in the yep. in S- any. Serge Ibaka looked down from heaven and smiled <laughs> he when just that said, happened. He said, thank you, kind sir, for that goal coin like because <laughs> both of he like whoever he was guarding at the time they both made their threes and then they got a chance for a four-point play and that's just one of the stupidest fouls you can make in, especially in the nba and uh i thought that he was i want to say wiser than that but i don't think he always makes the best decisions in game time so maybe i'm mistaken but i thought that maybe some years in the league would have had him know better than that Ugh. And I feel like they were like almost back to back too. It was like I feel like five plays, um, in between, something like that. Like I don't feel like they happened too far apart. Am I misremembering this? But I feel no. like they were pretty close together. They and were... I and I just remember thinking, oh my gosh. I even, let me hold please. I'm gonna look up when I tweeted this. No, it was just an all around bad night. And I mean, even a guy like Hami who I don't really think has been that much of a, a foul happy player this season, which is why I thought this was yeah, I mean, irrational. You, that's or why what like things that are abnormal that happen in games like this, whether they're good or bad. So this would be, you know, bad. Hami had three fouls in four minutes in the first quarter. Uh, I just chalked that up as the thunder just had a bad night. And it is important to remember because this isn't your dad's Houston Rockets anymore. Um, I don't know what the difference is, Christine, but you might know what it is when I tell you that, did you know the Rockets have the number one defense in the league? What? I don't know why. It's like, <laughs> you know, they went from a comical defense for so long uh-huh. to 
they're the number one defense in the league over the last you know handful of games. I wonder why is is there something not there anymore? Hmm. I can't. Is put my is Christian on Wood it. that great of a defender? Because um, Victor Oladipo sure as hell isn't. No, he's definitely not. I mean, Boogie, Christian Wood Bo- could be the X factor, or maybe it's just um, one of the most overdramatic players in the NBA who is toxic to a lot of the teams he plays for is now gone. Crazy. Oh, you mean the guy that Kendrick Perkins said today that his strip club and ways uh, torpedoed the Thunder's 2012 finals run chances? Yeah, also the guy that, that <laughs> I did, yes. Yeah, the uh, South Beach Tales are very legendary for uh, James Harden as a, what would he have been? He would, 18, 19, 20, he was, he was 21. I think he was 21. 21. I think he was 21 at the time. I would, gee, I would hope so. Am I am I a year older than James Harden? Oh, hold, please. Also, um, back to my hold, please. I tweeted those um, two times that Hamadou Diallo uh, did oh, the he's... same foul at five minutes apart. So Yikes. game time, that's like probably what, like two and a half minutes Yikes. in between. So it's probably like give or take three to four plays for the for the Houston Rockets. Anyway. James Harden is a year older than I am. He's 31 years old, so he would have been 22. How old does that make you feel? Well, my body hasn't gone like James Harden's did in the blue jumpsuit, so I'm I'm happy about that fact. Yeah, at least you're slightly fitter than James Harden. Well, I mean, he he suddenly got back into shape because he got what he wanted. Yeah, funny how that works. Speaking of, like, people who pout, you know, we're, we're sitting here, like, Overly critiquing Darius Baisley and with all these like minute things under a magnifying glass, and over here James Harden bitching and moaning, acting like a the complete opposite of a professional. But Ryan Chapman and I, who's Ryan Chapman? He is a. Uh, he's watching college basketball right now. He's reporting college basketball right now. He's he's watching it though. You can't he's report also something. Analyzing if, it. You can't report something if you didn't see it. Yeah, but I was gonna say you can't report something. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say you can't watch something if you didn't report it, but then I was like, you definitely can, but whatever. Uh, no. Uh, so Ryan Chapman and I had this discussion because he thinks that Joel Embiid is uh, the whiniest player in the NBA. And I said I disagreed because I thought it was Kevin Durant. And then followed right behind Kevin Durant as like the most overdramatic player I had as James Harden. Am I wrong? Oh... This is, I mean, this is not a OKC82 okay, conversation. I mean, 30, a 30-point 30 loss, and you're going to get off-the-wall conversations. Um, I tolerate Joel Embiid because I don't have as high expectations for him as I would a James Harden-led team over the last four or five years. With Joel Embiid, I enjoy the ride because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not picking him to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, or if he does get there... Uh, it'll be by sheer luck of the draw, literally. Like, they just drew a lucky draw in the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get exposed because Joel Embiid just doesn't take it as seriously as a guy of his talent and of his caliber of player, in, in my opinion. And the reason why is because you can just tell how to shape he, he looks once he's having to play 42, 44 minutes in the playoffs and every possession matters. And he's hands on his knees and shouldn't have had that cheeseburger today all that shit with james harden he had teams along on top of his talent where i'm like this team should be winning a championship 
and then he squanders it, and then he torpedoes in the playoffs, and it's like, all right, we've seen this over and over and over and over again. So anything James Harden does, I'm very, I guess I'm sensitive to it because it's like, you should be better than this. Exactly. And you're not. Joel Embiid is like a fun, and I say this with uh, all due respect, he's a fun clown. (laughs) A very talented MVP caliber clown. So how do you think... James Harden would have affected this game if he would have played tonight for the Houston Rockets. Do well, you, like how if, differently do you see this game? It's important to know that if he missed his first three-pointer because Lou Dort put a hand in his face, uh, then he probably would have just said, I'm, I'm out. I'm just not going to try. How many times has James Harden come into Oklahoma City, missed his first few shots, and then just gone, you know, fuck it, I don't care. I'm not going to I'm not going to try and ruin any efficiency numbers cuz I'm the efficiency god over here sometimes. And uh, sometimes. I'm I'm just going to uh let everybody else do everything about it. So maybe that could have helped the Thunder, maybe it could have still resulted in a 30-point loss cuz the Rockets are they're kind of they kind of remind me of last year's Thunder team in that nobody really thinks that much of them because of how far they've fallen. Mm-hmm. That roster is talented. No, got that a lot roster of, got a is lot kind of, of underrated. Yeah, they got a lot of good players on that team that seem to be playing uh, very, very uh, together. And I mean, I think Royce Young put this out there, but you and I were in the arena, so we can um, attest to this. But their bench was by far the loudest bench I've heard. I was going to talk about this too because they were going insane. Yeah, I don't mean this in a in a rude way because the only time I ever hear college or professional benches like on a broadcast or Mm -hmm. in the arena or in the stadium are when I'm watching college softball games. Like that's when like you can actually hear the dugout because they're doing chants. They're loud. They kind of affect the game in in one way or the other. Uh, You don't really see it that much in the NBA. You don't see it that much in the NFL. You don't see it that much in college football. I think it's because it's harder for the sound to, not vibrate, but echo yeah. in those type of arenas and stadiums where in uh, knowing full well, these, this in is, softball, it's a little bit This is easier. when crowds were a thing still. Yeah. But like I, all that to say, like I've just never really heard an NBA bench be so damn together and so loud and so hyped. I, it's I, the most hyped NBA bench I've ever seen. And yes, there there's nobody in the arena, but I'm just like, wow, like they... They really give a damn tonight. Yeah, they kept the energy up for sure. And just hearing them cheer on their guys from the bench and be so active throughout the entire game with that was honestly very impressive to me. And I think that's a lot of what's attributing to their, I think, six-game win streak right now is how they're able to keep up the energy on the bench so that it affects the mood of the players that are currently on the floor. So when you look at teams that, have to draw from within to kind of improve or um, get better to a certain area to remain competitive. It's kind of harder versus whenever you have your bench constantly hyping you up and saying, you know, kind of like, we're here for you. We know you got it. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of what helps with their whole chemistry even. And I don't know if that's attributed to literally just James Harden leaving or if that's kind of always been, an underlying thing for the Houston Rockets and we just haven't seen it or heard it because there's no fans. So well, we're going either to way, it was interesting. We're going to say that that's the case and we're going to move on. Okay. Um, interest, interesting fact. 
Oklahoma lost tonight yeah, to, they lost to the, Texas Tech. The Red Raiders. 57-52. So it was a close game, although their four-game win streak has come to an end. Oh, you only beats top 10 teams. Tech fell out of the top 10. This was, exactly. this was an L. I knew this was going to happen. This was an L. I we knew, all knew it. since Texas Tech wasn't in the top 10 anymore, it was going to be tough. Oh, you wouldn't take them seriously. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Yeah, well, oh, you will live to fight another day. And uh, I guess it's time to mow the lawn. Christine, any uh, final thoughts? Uh, 30-point losses kind of tend to suck for the team that loses. Hopefully, don't do that again, Thunder, and make it more interesting for everyone involved. It's not trending in that r- direction, Christine. Well, yikes. Well, let, let, let's see. Who do the th- Real quick before we get out of here, who do the Thunder have coming up? Oh, boy. And they've got Isn't Houston once again on Wednesday. And then they got a back-to-back in Oklahoma City against Minnesota on the 5th and the 6th. And they got a three-game road trip at the Lakers, at the Lakers again next Monday and Wednesday, and then at Denver. Um, Look, the only winnable games I see are maybe Houston if they come back down to earth. Um, but You don't, I don't see the Timberwolves? I was going to say them, but I think Thunder fans want to lose to Minnesota because they're like one of the few teams that can actually challenge the number one overall pick. So you, <laughs> you might want to lose those games. And if the Thunder lose the next three games at home because they're awful at home compared to them on the road. They're so much better on the road. <laughs> then they, they ain't winning next week. They're not beating the Lakers on the road. They're not beating Denver on the road. And then they come back against the Bucks in Oklahoma City on Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, good. Okay. Portland at Memphis at Milwaukee. Yikes! Big like, yikes down so, the road. So the trends are not pointing. Ch- the trends are not pointing in the direction of probably, hopefully, no more thirty-point losses. Hopefully mm. not. We'll find out. We will find out. Christine, thank you so much. Thank you, Brady. I bid you adieu. Yes. Uh, does OU play on Wednesday? I don't know. Ask Ryan. Yes. Well, if they don't play on Wednesday nights, then we will be on the radio for the post-game show. So tune in to 107.7 The Franchise for the first take Thunder post-game show. Matt Burton producing, Christine Butterfield, myself, maybe Ryan Chapman, if the four of us can all get together at the same time. Otherwise, we will handle it however we need to handle it. But thank you, everybody, for listening to the OKCA2 podcast. Sorry about your team losing by a lot of points. It happens. Until next time, we'll see you later.